You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom in Tech. I'm your host, David Bloom, and I'm delighted to be back with you talking about the collision of media, technology, and entertainment, and all the stuff that results from that collision. Today, I wanted to talk in particular about a new thing that's kind of coming into focus. On Stephen Colbert's show Monday night, the late-night host conducted what he called an interview, of Fox News' interview of President Trump that came out recently. At a couple of points in the video, Colbert was convincingly overlaid into the White House seat previously occupied by a Fox News interviewer. He looked like he was there. His replacement audio track lobbed decidedly different questions to Trump than you would have expected from a Fox News interviewer, and then they chopped up his answers in amusing, if falsely, comedic uh, distillations of what the president quote-unquote said. It was a pretty good bit, at least for people who aren't fans of Fox News and its favorite White House occupant. But the video piece, only the latest in a long string of these by Colbert, also showcased how far we've come in creating and normalizing deep fakes. And I have to say, based on a flurry of recent news stories across social media and the abruptly upon us presidential election, we haven't seen anything yet when it comes to not believing our eyes. Oh, there's been lots of concern expressed about the potential of deep fakes, as they call videos that overlay one person's face into video of someone else. But it's always seemed a little far off, too far off, in fact, to worry about just yet. As with so much of technology, this issue first surfaced with porn where celebrities' faces have been grafted onto adult performers' bodies for a little while now. It's crummy, titillating, invasive, absolutely, but not necessarily a threat to the Republic. Now, however, this particular part of our future is suddenly looming. Photoshop and similar still image editing tools have enabled the fake photo for 35 years now. And here again, uh, Donald Trump just showed his ability to wield a technology for effective, if morally dubious, purposes. Just this week, he was retweeting a modified photo of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. Pelosi was putatively wearing a Muslim hijab and standing in front of an Iranian flag with Schumer, who had a fake turban on. The photo was posted just days after the two criticized Trump for what looks like an increasingly dubious uh, reasoning behind his uh, executive order to murder one of the most prominent uh, Iranian public officials, the Major General Qasem Soleimani. But forget about still images. Now we're moving into the deepfake video era in earnest. And it's not just an occasional mocking, clearly labeled video from a late night broadcast TV show. Soon enough, deepfakes of many kinds will be an everyday thing everywhere. The question is whether we have enough sophistication as media consumers to realize we can no longer trust what our lying eyes are telling us. Consider these latest bits of news. Snap bought AI Factory, a startup from, uh, where else, Ukraine, whose technology will power a new Snapchat feature. Called Cameos, the feature will map your selfie onto random videos. AI Factory is the latest company from Viktor Shabarov, who also sold Snap his previous startup, Luxury, in 2015. That one provided technology underlying Snap's hugely popular lenses, including the one that makes you look like a baby. Now Snap's hoping for another hit through this deepfake light acquisition. At least the images disappear after 24 hours, right? 
AI Factory isn't the only app out there doing deepfake light. If you're not into the Snap ecosystem for your deep fakery, there's always Morphin. You could also try Dublicat, which creates shareable hotness by layering your face into a popular meme or GIF. And I'm guessing there's a few dozen other apps like these already out there or just about to drop. Another effective and easy-to-use deepfake tool out of China, Zhao, is facing blowback in that country, which I find fascinating given how aggressively the Chinese government has developed facial recognition technology to better monitor, control, and repress its people. But WeChat, the de facto mobile operating system of Chinese phones and Chinese lives, largely blocked Zhao on its omnipresent platform back in September, citing security risks, quote-unquote. Videos of China's supreme leader, Xi Jinping, overlaid on Winnie the Pooh's body and talking about, oh, sweet, sweet honey, are surely the least of those risks, except perhaps to the creator's own continued non-presence in a Chinese jail. Alongside these feral apps, TikTok's Chinese parent company ByteDance has created its own face swap tool, but not yet released it. TechCrunch said it found code for the new feature in both TikTok and sister app Douyin. Given the 650 million or so TikTok users out there, release into the wild would dramatically increase the number of people routinely using a light version of deep fakery, supposedly all of it for good, clean fun. Facebook, that bastion of bad decisions, actually seemed to make a good one this past week. It issued a new policy on, quote, manipulated media, unquote, on January 6th. Company exec Monica Bickert wrote in a blog post that, quote, while these videos are still rare on the internet, they present a significant challenge for our industry and society as their use increases, unquote. So Facebook gets credit for being slightly ahead of this particular, particularly nasty curve. But, but, but. The new policy doesn't cover the kind of crappy manipulation that we'll call, for want of a better term, shallow fakes, especially those designed to attack political figures. You know, like chopping up video to take material out of context to make Joe Biden look like he's a racist, or Pelosi like she's slurring her words. That latter video supercut was distributed across the web in part by, three guesses who, yes, your current president. And as The Verge pointed out this week, both Facebook and Reddit have mile-wide exceptions for, quote, satire or parody, unquote, that are understandable on the one hand and completely indefensible on the other, given the potential damage that they could lead to and allow. All of these bits of faked media, Facebook has largely said, get to keep on keeping on, along with false political ads and so much more floating around in the news feeds of billions of people. No judgments here in Zuckerberg-landia. Wholly-owned Facebook subsidiary Instagram, meanwhile, also started pushing back this week against that older form of fakery, the photoshopped still image. The company is now flagging and hiding all sorts of altered images, problematically including artistically manipulated ones. Sunset hardhands will never be quite the same. These new apps and tools will soon be omnipresent, and what in most cases seems to be relatively safe, innocuous, and neutered form for hundreds of millions of people to play with. It's possible that will help educate many of us to both the promise and pitfalls of video manipulation by way of deep learning and other artificial intelligence technologies. Or we could be unleashing more than a few nasty-minded genie from Pandora's box and Aladdin's bottle. All these apps suggest that we're working our way further into this messy ball of tar faster than most of us realize. 
While the technology is sophisticated, not nearly enough of we potential viewers can say the same about ourselves. The existence of so many relatively innocuous deepfake light apps and tools suggests that we also have some heavy-duty tools floating around, too. They may be floating around the dark web, on the servers of Russia's Internet Research Agency or North Korea's intelligence operations, and probably in some other not-so-reassuring places as well. Regardless, you have to expect they are already significantly available to a large subset of troublemakers and political tricksters. What, for instance, would Roger Stone have done with this if he wasn't already in jail for a long list of bad behavior related to elections and so much else? It leads me to predict this will be one ugly election filled with dubious, allegedly true videos swapped around various online echo chambers. This could be abetted by an incumbent with vast amounts of campaign cash, a long history of relentless mendacity, and a repeated willingness to use other kinds of faked media to attack his opponents, real and imagined. As this election heats up, Iowa caucuses, by the way, are February 3rd, less than three weeks away, we need to educate ourselves on being better video consumers. That's especially true regarding what we see on social media with its brutally efficient capacity to amplify the worst in all of us. If you see something on the web that's too out there for you to believe, here's a tip. It's probably deepfake news. All right, that's my show. Thanks so much for listening. I'll come back with some more stuff. I've got some cool interviews I've been lining up, and I hope to share those with you as well in the very near future. If you like my stuff, please rate, review, share, subscribe. All those things help tell the magic algorithm machines how awesome we all are if we're listening and thinking about this stuff. If you really like my stuff, uh, Anchor.fm, which syndicates and hosts my show, will make it very easy for you to become a supporter, much like they do with Patreon and some other outlets. And you can chip a few bucks in to help keep the wheels rolling on this uh, massive media machine that is Bloomin' Tech. Uh, you can also leave a comment, an audio comment, on uh, Anchor.fm, and I'll be delighted to hear that and work it into my show. If you have some thoughts about deep fakes and where they're going and what we need to do to deal with it, I'd love to hear, and maybe that would be worth another segment down the road. In the meantime, if you'd like to connect with me in other ways, you can reach me on LinkedIn at David L. Bloom, on Twitter at David Bloom, and I'm uh, out there. Otherwise, I'll be... Uh, at Sundance uh, in about a week or so, uh, looking at some cool stuff that's being uh, created out there, some of the films and stuff that are coming down, and uh, working on some new projects. Let me know what you're thinking about, working on where you're headed, and what deepfakes mean for your business and the things that you're doing. In the meantime, this is David Bloom for Bloom and Tech, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone.